0: All right, in all seriousness. All right, Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to look at verses 4, or sorry, 8 through 14. So please give your attention as I read God's word. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Thus far, the reading of God's word. So as we continue our trek through the book of Ephesians, we're now uh, getting into that home stretch, uh, you can, uh, maybe even in your Bible, you can see the end of Ephesians. I have to turn a page to do it, but we're getting there. Um, probably about another one, two, three, four lessons, give or take. Um, but Paul is uh, giving us the implications of... Uh, Christian living here, uh, in light of the fact that we have been chosen, sealed, and redeemed. Uh, everything that he says in chapters one through three are form the foundation for our obedience. So everything comes off of that. Everything flows from that. It says, as, as the Heidelberg says in question eighty six, now that we have been justified. By faith. Now that we've been saved by grace through faith in Christ alone, why should we do good works? And, the, and question eighty-six gives you four reasons why we should do good works. One is thankfulness. One is to give glory to God. One is to strengthen our own assurance that we are saved. And the other is to, uh, by our is, as it says, by our godly walk, win others also uh, to Christ. And everything that Paul is saying here is it flows out of that pivot verse in chapter 4, verse 1, where he says there, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. So everything that comes after that is just a way to define the worthy walk. It is a way to explain what it means to walk worthy. And by worthy, really what the word Paul uses there is a word that means fitting. It's not like we have to earn by our worthy walk, the salvation. It's because we are saved, it is fitting that we walk in this way. That's that's the thrust of what Paul says there. So that word worthy really means in a manner that is fitting or suitable for one who has been saved, for one who has been, as Paul says in chapter 1, uh, chosen by the Father, redeemed by the Son, and sealed by His Holy Spirit. So he's going to define that worthy walk. And we've been looking at it Really, in the way that he does, uh, it's a walk of unity, it's a walk of humility, it is a walk that puts off the old man, puts on the new man, it is a walk that does not grieve the Holy Spirit. Last week, we saw that it is a walk in love, uh, imitating uh, God. You know, and and you get a lot of flack if you say that without context, right? You gotta, you have to be contextual when you say imitate God, because how do we imitate God? I mean, there's there's certain things about God we just cannot imitate, right? I can't be invisible, immortal, uh, infinite. Okay, uh, but I can be holy. I can be good. I can be righteous. Uh, again, this is in a way that is analogous, in a way that is uh, one that comes out of. Uh, Our salvation is in Christ. But because we are called and dear children, right? Chapter 5, verse 1. Because we are dear, dear children, we want to imitate our father. Any child who respects his father or mother wants to, in a way, imitate them. Right? You, you think about walking in my father's footsteps or, or I want to be uh, a woman like my mother if you're a daughter. Not me, I don't want to be a woman like my mother because I do not identify as a woman. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Um, so it's a walk that is a walk of love as Christ has loved us and, sacri- us and given himself for us as an offering, a sacrifice. So it is a worthy walk that walks in love, imitating God and walking according to the pattern of Christ. So now, when Paul gets to verses 8 through 14, we're going to see that it's a walk in light. Next week, we'll see that it is a walk of wisdom, or a walk in wisdom. But here, we're going to look at light. So the worthy walk now is seen as a walk in the light. And he's going to bring this um, contrast that we've seen in many places in Scripture, which is light versus darkness. Right? And, as, uh, and he's going to make a lot of uh, play on the fact that as children of light, then we walk in light, and as the light shines in the darkness, it exposes it. So that's what we're going to see this morning. So uh, your points and your outline reflect this. As we look at this, we're going to see first... He's going to, again, refer to our position, our, our status, as you will, as, as dearly loved children of God. We were once darkness, now we're light. Okay, you are now light. So what does the light do? It shines, right, it shines. It cannot help but shine. Right? If you are a light, you can't help but shine. So you are no longer darkness, you're light, therefore shine. And he's going to talk about exposing. Uh, if you have New King James in verse um, 11 and in verse 13, the word there, expose or exposed, you might have a translational footnote that says reproved. Okay, in other words, uh, that's the word there that is being used. It's a word that means to. Uh, correct or to um, oppose or expose or reprove. So the light shines in the darkness and it reveals the darkness for being what? Dark, right? That's what the light does. The light shows that the darkness is dark. So that's what we're going to see this morning. Uh, the worthy walk is a walk in the light exposing the deeds of darkness. So first I'm going to look at verses 8 through 10 from darkness, to light, As Paul continues here uh, his exposition of the Christian's worthy walk, he now shifts the imagery here from one of a walk in love as imitation now to a walk of illumination, as light, as we shine. Uh, we are to walk in light here, as he says in verse 8. You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And there's, a lot, there's a lot there. All right, first you have this, you were once, but now you are. Where have we seen that before? Well, just look back in chapter 2. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. You were dead in sins. Then you look in verse 4, but... right, My favorite word in the Bible, my favorite two words, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead made us alive so we you see this again this idea of you were this now you're that you were dead in trespasses and sins now you're alive so now he just flips the script here if you will and says in chapter 5 verse eight you were once darkness now you're light but not you are light but you are light in the Lord right that's again very very specific that we uh, emphasize that but notice also what he doesn't say he doesn't say you were in darkness and now you're in light. Okay, he says you were darkness. He's talking about a, a a a something that is natural to us, right? We were born in sin. We were born in the darkness of our sin. We were born as enemies. So, this is a a something that is natural to us. It was something that we are. It is not a question of location. Like Hey, you're over there in the shadow, and you can't see. Come over here in the light, right? No, he's like, no, you are darkness. <laughs> now you're light in the Lord, right? Now because you are united to Christ, you you are light in the Lord. So uh, you're not in darkness; you are darkness, or you were darkness. And here again, this concept of darkness, light is being used metaphorically, right? We've mentioned this before uh, in other occasions where. Um, oftentimes it's used to speak both of an intellectual capacity uh, and a moral capacity. Uh, we've seen the intellectual capacity earlier in chapter 4, uh, verse 18, I think. Uh, Seventeen, eighteen. Therefore, I say and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened. Okay, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Chapter 4, verse 18. So their understanding is darkened, right? You were, uh, when you walked like the rest of the Gentiles walk, when you walked as the world, when you were in darkness, you had an understanding that was darkened, right? It was, it was you were uh, morally and intellectually darkened. Is the idea here? You were dark. You were in darkness. Therefore, you—that's all you did—was you walked in darkness. But now he says you are light. You are light in the world. Um, in John, right? In John chapter eight, one of the I am statements that uh, Jesus makes in chapter eight verse twelve, he says, "I am the light of the world. Whoever receives me or whoever follows me will not walk in darkness." Because he is now light in the Lord. You will walk in the light. So uh, Jesus, of course, is the light. And then we are, think of it this way. We're sort of like the moon, right? Okay, you see the moon shine at night when it's shining, <laughs> uh, when it's in that cycle of shining. Um, is it giving off its own light? No, it's reflecting light, right? Um, it's reflecting the light of the sun. That's the point. We are like, in a sense, that way. We reflect The light. So as we walk in light, we reflect more and more the light of Christ. That's why he says, You are light in the Lord. And then he says, Therefore, walk as children of light. Um, I don't want to do too many of these, but in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, it's just two books over. There, Paul says about Christ, He has delivered us, well, the Father. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin. So there Paul talks about how God has taken us out of darkness. He has delivered us. Uh, That's salvation language. We were enslaved. I right? Think of Paul's language in Romans 6. We were enslaved to sin, and we've been liberated. We've been Captured out of the kingdom of darkness, and now we've been sort of uh, translated, if you will, or conveyed, as he says here in verse 13. Transferred is another way to put it. We were transferred from darkness, and we're now in the kingdom of his son, which is Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world. So we've been taken out of darkness and into light. And then he says, Walk as children of light. Therefore, you are in the light, you're no longer in darkness. What is fitting for you? What is proper for someone who is no longer in darkness or who is no longer darkness and is now light in the Lord? What is the proper thing to do? Walk in the light. Right? Walk in the light. It is fitting. This is the, the fitting walk. It is the worthy walk. So we walk as children of life, light, light. Uh, if you remember last week I said that the Christian life is status forward whatever our status is. What's our status, what Paul says here? Well, you're light in the Lord. That's your status. That's your position. Then from that, you move forward and walk in a manner that is commensurate to that. And then in verse 9, we get a little bit of a parenthetical statement where Paul starts to, I don't want to say mix his metaphors, but he talks about fruit and then light. Um, Right? He'll say that later on. Uh, but again, he says, For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Uh, you know, in a way, it's kind of like he's reminding us what he says in Galatians, right? You know, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It's like, can you say that again? Yes, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit. That's what the Spirit produces in us. Because we are united to Christ, because we are branches and are connected to the vine of Christ, we produce the fruit of the Spirit. And Paul here says, the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. So what does it mean to walk as children of light? It means to walk in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, okay? Because that's the fruit that the Spirit is producing in you. It is the fruit that the Spirit is producing in you. There Now, you might like, well, I have an ESV, and mine doesn't say the fruit of the Spirit, it says the fruit of light, right? Uh, there's a bit of a textual variant there. Uh, but if Jesus is the light of the world, and is there any real difference in saying, walk, uh, that the fruit of light or the fruit of the Spirit? No, I mean, there, there's no real difference there. Either way, the point is, is that this is the light that is being produced in you. Therefore, walk according to that which is being produced in you. So as children of light who walk in the light, we want to then, as he says here in verse 10, find out what is acceptable to the Lord. That word acceptable is well-pleasing. Is is well-pleasing. Think of Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, where Paul there says, Therefore, uh, because of the abundant mercies of God, offer yourselves as living sacrifices, um, giving what is that acceptable uh, service of worship to the Lord. That's the idea here. What is acceptable, what is pleasing to the Lord, what is acceptable to the Lord. I think of the end of Psalm 19, verse 14, where um, after telling us that the heavens declare the glory of God in verses 1 through 6, And then verse 7 and following, he talks about how the law of the Lord is perfect. And at the end of that psalm, uh, David says, May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord. That's how he closes Psalm 19. That's the idea here. May the words of my mouth, may the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you. May I walk in light, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. How do I walk in light? Well, you... You know, as Jesus would say, what are the commandments? What do the commandments say, right? You know, the psalmist in Psalm 119 says, I love your law, O Lord, right? And then he says that your word is a light unto my path and a lamp unto my feet. How do you do what is acceptable to the Lord? How do you walk in light? Well, you walk according to the word, which shines the light. You know, that's why the Christian can say, I love the law. Yes, the law does crush us. The law does break us of our self-righteousness. The law does point out how far we do fall short of the perfection of God. But then once you recognize that Christ has fulfilled the law for you, you now look at the law in a completely different way. You see it as, I love the law. It is my meditation all the day. How am I going to keep myself from sinning? By keeping it according to your word, Psalm 119. Right? Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The Christian loves the law because the law shows you where to go. It lights the way. And if you want to be walk in the light, walk according to the word. Again, not, not to earn your salvation, but to walk in a manner that is worthy of the calling by which you were called. So now, uh, let's move on to second part here in verses 11 and 12 exposing the darkness exposing the darkness so verse 11 he says and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness but rather expose or reprove them have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness now again here you know, compared to what he said in verse 9, for the fruit of the Spirit or the fruit of light is all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And then he says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works. Again, if you are familiar with that Galatians 5 language, remember there what he contrasts. He says, the fruit of the Spirit is. The works of the flesh are. right." You know, he's making this com- comparison and contrasting between what the Spirit produces in us and then what we Produce in our flesh when we're not walking according to the Spirit, the fruit of the uh, the works of the flesh. You know, I'm not going to go through that, but it's all kinds of vile things, right? You know, Um, and then the fruit of the Spirit, of course, is all the good qualities that we are to uh, put on, if you will. But here he's again making this comparison between light, darkness, and then fruit of the spirit and unfruitful works. And if you think about it, too, it's like, think of the connection, right? Does fruit grow without light? No, right? Right, Plants need light in order to grow. So, you know, there's that connection there as well. So as Paul now moves on, he says we are to, as children of light, we need to shine in the darkness. That's the point of this exposing the darkness, in Matthew five, and I would invite you to turn there with me. Matthew chapter five. We have a little song, right? We this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. How does the song go? No, right? You know, your little camp kids are supposed to yell out, "No." Hide your light under a bushel? No, right? Okay. Jesus here is speaking to his disciples in the Sermon on the Mount. Says, You are the light of the world. John chapter 8, of course, he says, I am the light of the world. Remember, we reflect the light, right? Because we're children of light. You are the light of the world. The city that is set on the hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. We need to shine in the darkness. Now, let's be honest, right? You know, if you are living a consistent Christian life, do you need to say or do anything necessarily to shine in the darkness? I think just your your lifestyle in itself becomes a light that shines in the darkness that the darkness tends to criticize and flee from, right? You know, if you are uh, married to one person and you have children and you raise your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, and if you have a a situation in your household where uh, the wife is at home caring for the children while the husband is out earning a living to support the family... You don't need to say anything to the world. The world's going to look at that, and what are they going to say? Well, you're an idiot, right? You know, know, you're subjugating women and blah, 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 all the things that the world says. So, you know, you don't even have to say a word to shine a light, right? You know, the idea is just, as he says here, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So we're to shine in the darkness, And then in language that is reminiscent to the putting off and putting on that we've seen earlier uh, in chapter 4, at the end of chapter, uh, well, not in the middle of chapter 4, verses 22 to 24, he talks about putting off, putting on. In language that is um, reminiscent to that, he says in verse 11, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. In other words, so put off Fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Put on the light that exposes the darkness. Have no fellowship, rather expose. So, and again, that word there, convict, refute, confute, reprove. It's what Jesus says in Matthew 18. I'm not turning there. But that passage that talks about, you know, uh, what do you do if a brother has sinned against you? Well, you go and you... Tell your brother his sin. What's the purpose of that? So that they repent, right? And come back to the Lord. If that doesn't work, what do you do? Then you bring two or three others. So by the you know testimony of two or three witnesses, uh, a charge may be established. If that doesn't work, what do you do? You bring it to the church. If that doesn't work, what do you do? You have no fellowship with them. That's the process in a sense of church discipline. So, you have no fellowship with darkness; rather, you expose it. And, and, and in a Christian context, you have to understand this exposing of the darkness is not so you can say, ah, I'm, the, "I'm the you know I'm the darkness exposer guy." I go around; that's all I do is I expose darkness. That's my that's my you know my task. You know, oh, there's someone dark. Ah, shine the light on them. And you know, how dare you? It's like, no. The, what's the point of Christian discipline? It is always restorative. Right, You expose the darkness so that your brother and, or sister is no longer living in the darkness and they can come back into the light. They can come back into fellowship. And as I said, sometimes the children of light don't even need to say a word. Simply walking as children of light is enough to expose the darkness. Think of Jesus, right? <laughs> Did Jesus do anything wrong? <laughs> This is an easy answer. Come on. Did Jesus do anything wrong? No. Okay. Was Jesus uh, criticized for his lifestyle? You betcha. <laughs> you know, it's like you its like you can't win for, sometimes Jesus couldn't win for losing, right? You know, it, what do they say? Remember the, the little saying that they actually had a little song, apparently they did this, right? John the Baptist comes and he's preaching, you know, you know, uh, repentance. And, and what do the Pharisees say? Well, you know, he's, uh, you know, I forget, it's like, you know, he's, you know, it's like we sang a dirge for you, you did not come to the funeral. We sang a dance, you know, a, a, a little ditty and you didn't dance. You know, Jesus comes and he brings grace and they say, oh, you're, you know, you associate with sinners and tax collectors. You know, John is, and Jesus is, you know, he's too much of an of. Uh, sinners and tax collectors. The, Jesus' life exposed the darkness. He exposed the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. He exposed uh, the sinfulness of the Jewish leaders and their superficial understanding of the law, which is again why in the in the Sermon on the Mount, he you know in chapter five especially he'll say, "You have heard it said," but now I say unto you, you know I'm, I'm you know it's like they are teaching you this. <laughs> I'm exposing that, and I'm showing you what the law is really saying. It's like it's not enough to have these externals. You have to address the heart issues, too. The law cuts down to the heart as well. So Jesus' life was one that exposed darkness just simply by being Jesus. And again, I think the context here is within the church. Um, To have no fellowship with darkness in the church, but rather to expose it. Because if you remember in our time in 1 Corinthians 5, and in 1 Corinthians 5, you know, Paul is talking to that church there, and he is exposing all of their problems. And one of the problems they have is there is a brother in that church who is having an illicit sexual relationship with, his, apparently, I think it's like his stepmother or something like that, which is gross, right? You think about that, there's gross. In fact, Paul says, look, even the Gentiles see that. And they're like, ugh, <laughs> you know, and then um, he says you know have no you know you need to you need to get the leaven out of the lump of bread because a little leaven spreads through the whole lump right He says you need to excise that so have no fellowship with that person he says and then he has to clarify I'm not saying have no fellowship with the world because then you would have to remove yourself from the world you know in other words, don't go to the darkness in the sense and expect people who are living in darkness to, live by light because you're shouting at them, right? In other words, it's it's more like expose the darkness within your own congregation. Have no fellowship with that. What you're to be to the world, you, yes, you are to be a light to the world, but you are to be a light to the world in the sense that you shine the love and light of Christ to the world. So he'll say, like, I don't mean not associate with the world, but have no fellowship with a brother or sister who... Um, is living in unrepentant sin. And he says, look, in verse 12, it is shameful. It is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them, those who do the unfruitful works of darkness, in secret. What does he mean by that? Well, some think that he's kind of referring back to what he says in chapter 5, verse 3, where he says, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting or proper for saints, let these things not even be named among you. So, and then you could kind of see the connection to verse 12, for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. So, in a sense, what he's talking about there is like this is shameful. You know, you have no association with that which is shameful. I like what Peter says in First Peter four: three, where he says there For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lewdness, lusts, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. It's like, okay, you had enough of that in your past life. (laughs) All right? And when you were, before you came to Christ, before you came out of the darkness, you had enough time uh, doing the works, the unfruitful works of darkness. It's like, look, come out of that. That's what Paul's like. Look, don't even associate have no fellowship. It's even shameful to speak of these things. It's even shameful to speak of these things. So the worthy walk here is incompatible with the unfruitful works of darkness. That is the way we once were, but now we're called out of that realm. We're called out of darkness, right? You were once darkness, now you are light in the Lord. We are children of light. We are Uh, we resemble, in a sense then, our Father who is light, right? The one who called light in the darkness. So we are children of light, thus we expose the darkness. And finally, verses 13 and 14. Walk in the light. So he concludes in verse 13 and 14 where he says here, but all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. In other words, if if, if something is, is revealed, the thing that reveals it is the light, right? Whatever makes manifest, that's what light does, light makes something known, that is light. And the things that are exposed by the children of light are made manifest. That word there, manifest, is it becomes visible. It is becomes known. It is revealed. Um, we The root of that word, uh, we often use, if you know, I may have said this word, the word theophany and Christophany, that last part of the word, is the Greek word phanerao, which means to make known. So a theophany is God making himself visible in a way so that we could see it, right? So we think of when... Uh, Abraham in chapter 18 of Genesis, the three visitors come. It is often, that is considered a theophany. It is because one of those three figures is obviously God, <laughs> right? Uh, because afterwards, Abraham realizes he is, he is uh, uh, bargaining with God when he's bargaining for the, the lives of the people in Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, so we call that a theophany. It is, it is a making manifest of God. Well, here Paul is saying, look, the things that are exposed are revealed. So as you shine as light, as, as you walk as children of light, as you expose the deeds of darkness, then those things are now made manifest. They're made manifest by the light. For whatever makes something manifest is light. So for walking in the light, as Paul exhorts us to do, then the shameful things are exposed. The light casts out the darkness. Romans 13, verses 11 through 14. There, Paul says, And do this, knowing that the time is now, it it is high time to awake out of sleep. We're going to see that in Ephesians here. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and in drunkenness and in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. There, that's the idea. The same idea here is that we are to now put on, right? You know, Make manifest the deeds of the darkness. We are children of light. Let us walk as children of light. It is only the light that can make the unfruitful deeds or works of darkness manifest. Um, in John 3, when Jesus says, the light has come into the world, but those who were in the world hate the light because they were darkness. And as the light shines, they kind of, you know, I've made this reference before. It's like, you, you know, if you, walk and you see a big rock and you lift up the rock and all the little buggies run because they don't like the lights like oh the light, and they run away and they hide in the darkness that's kind of what you know what john is saying or what paul is saying here is like we are the light bearers we come and we shine the light we walk in the light of the lord and we expose the deeds of darkness and whatever is made manifest whatever makes things manifest as light as I said, I referenced this earlier, but uh, Lord's Day 32, question 86, you know, why do we do good works? Why do we do good works? Because if we've been justified and saved by grace through faith in Christ's finished work, what is the point of our good works? Right? I mean, there, there's a, there are people who will say that. It's like, okay, you've got salvation. Why do I need to follow the law? The law's been fulfilled. Why do I need to follow it? Well, A, because that's what God calls you to do. B, that's how you give show thankfulness and glorify his name. C, that is how you show that the work of the Spirit is being done in you, right? Is so that you can look at your life and get some form of assurance. Now I'm not saying base your assurance on your life. But if you know, if if I look at my life now and I look at my life ten years ago and I say, well, I not where I want to be but you know by God's grace I'm no longer what I was ten years ago that's the work of the spirit in you you should you should take joy in that and then the, the final thing he says then also by our godly walk we win others to Christ so why do good works because in a sense they have an evangelistic uh, effect you know we just read the passage in Matthew 5 Um Shine as light in the world so that the people will see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Now, verse 14, where you see there, it looks like a quote. uh, Therefore He, it's capitalized, so Paul, you know, at least the translators in New King James are making it sound like this is God speaking. Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead. I just read that language in Romans 13. Arise, O sleeper. Uh, the night is far spent, he says, Here, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Now, some commentators believe this might have been part of an early Christian hymn. Uh, some think that it might be cobbled together from a couple of Old Testament passages. It, it's, it's somewhat familiar or resembles uh, Isaiah 26, 19 and Isaiah 60, verse 1. But again, here, the idea of awakening from the sleep and arising from the dead seems to be a call from Paul to believers, again, to have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Arise, wake up, right? Again, Paul's language in Romans 13. Arise, the night is far spent. It is, you know, you no longer walk as children of the night. Arise, wake up, wake from the dead. Christ will give you light. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works. Walk as children of light. Expose the deeds of darkness. So the worthy walk, as we bring this to a close, the worthy walk is a humble walk. It is a unified walk. It is a walk of love, and it is a walk in the light, as Paul calls us, to walk as children of light, exposing the darkness as we do. Now the fact that we are children of light, right? Again, go to verse eight. Again, you are light in the Lord. Literally, it just says, "But now light in the Lord." If you have a New King James, you are is italicized, which means not in the original Greek. The translators add that so to help us in our understanding. But literally, it says, "You were once darkness, but now light in the Lord." Okay, so it's just kind of shortcutting. You are light. Walk is light. Walk as children of light. This is a call to believers. Uh, those who are in the darkness cannot heed this call. right? You cannot yell to a child of dark, Walk as a child of light. Why? Well, because they're in the dark. <laughs> right? You cannot call an unbeliever to live as a believer. You've got to call them through the gospel message. They need to come out of darkness into light. How is that done? God transfers you out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. How does that happen? Through the proclamation of the gospel. You, you, you crush them with the law. You, you bring the, the, the gospel to bear upon them, and then you trust the spirit to work regeneration in them, and then they will come out of darkness into light. And again, as with everything that Paul has said since chapter 4, verse 1. This is a call to walk in a manner of Worthy, a manner that is fitting, a manner that is suitable of the calling by which we were called. That calling now is, you are light in the Lord, walk as children of light. Walk as one who is in the light. That's the calling that we have. That is the calling we have. And we walk as children of light, but again, remember, we are not the light. right? The moon is not the sun. The moon reflects the light. Jesus is the light of the world, John eight twelve. He is the light of the world. We walk in the light that he provides, right? He shines in the darkness, and if we receive him, then we too will not walk in darkness, but we will have the light of life. So if we receive Christ by faith and believe in his name, we too will not walk in darkness. We will walk in the light that he provides, and then by shining that light into the world, we expose the deeds of darkness.